This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put an edge on your friends with a Pussy Magnet. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> Ah, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. (laughs) Oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? (laughs) Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull up the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hello, my labial love bugs. Welcome back to the lounge. I've got a special guest today to chat about all things rituals. And I guess some people might think, oh, you know, hear the word rituals and think that it always has to be kind of woo-woo or you know, uber, uber ceremonial and it's not for them, but I would love to sort of have a chat today about how you can actually bring these sorts of rituals and things into your life or, or create um, thing like activities or things that you do that feel a little bit more ritualistic and sacred or ceremonial, but, you know, in a chill way, not, not in a way that has to be um, off-putting or inhibitory if you're a little bit uh, turned off by the woo. I love a bit of woo, but I also like things to be really practical and grounded and tangible. So I'm kind of in that middle ground. Um, But I've got someone here today to chat with me about rituals, Yani Ford. So Yani's an empowerment guide, sharing her wisdom and experiences to guide women on their journey of self-discovery. And she specializes in activating the divine feminine within, increasing her client's sensitivity and emotional intelligence. Her techniques recode the brain with new helpful beliefs that help them reach their highest potential in this lifetime, which is pretty badass. Um, And so Yanni's a great person to chat to about rituals because I I find her really down to earth and grounded and um, quite... Uh, I guess, I guess, Yanni, like you use rituals in your day to day life in ways that I feel like could be more easily relatable, um, and, and applicable to like the average Joe in a way. You know, I think sometimes, um, every now and then I've done an episode that's been like incredibly, you know, with a guest who's very, very spiritual and very energetic and has sort of gone on a few tangents. And I've had the feedback that my, my listeners were like, Ooh, that really lost me there. Like I didn't, <laughs> I did not resonate with that. That was a bit, too woo um and I'm not afraid of the woo but I guess I was keen to chat with you and like um have a very practical down-to-earth talk about this just to like um pull it apart for people in case you know they are a bit put off or alienated by the word ritual because Mm -hmm. I think it can be really powerful and special and just a nice little witchy thing to introduce into our day-to-day lives so anyway massive preamble Welcome, Yanni. I'm stoked to have you here. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to have this chat today. 
Brilliant. So, all right. Well, I guess like for the skeptics or for the people that just don't know much about it or that might be curious, why do you feel rituals um, are so important? Like why are they so important in your life and how do you think that uh, I guess our culture could benefit from more rituals in our daily lives? Mm, Love this. So yeah, rituals is literally just a practice. And for me, I see it as devotion to self or like the honoring of someone else, right? And it's just like life is a ceremony. And the more that we treat life as a ceremony, the more in flow that we can be and feel more connected to ourselves. Um, So it can help in today's culture because if we put ourselves first before doing anything like helping with the kids, if you had like just 10 minutes to yourself, if that be in a silent meditation or just having a cup of tea, like literally just having something in place where you honor yourself and you choose to come from that heart space and raise your frequency, then that's how you set your day. And that's how you can be from heart space. And you, from that space, you choose to respond instead of react. Um, and that's how it's benefited me. Like as soon as I started doing these practices, um, having these morning practices in my day, then my heart has expanded because I'm choosing myself before anything else. Um, and like from society conditioning, some, sometimes we, um, we were told that's selfish. And so it was mm. frowned upon, um, to choose ourselves before anything else. And, that's why we're being so much givers, like especially like parents and stuff, like they give so much to their kids and um, it's just forgotten about to actually put ourselves first and it's so important. <laughs> it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so important. And I think like so many people do do kind of little rituals in their lives without realising, mm. like without actually giving it that label, you know, yeah. like it can sound so like, oh, I don't know, ritual, but it's actually just that, you know, like I'm sure you could give us some examples of really simple things that are actually quite ritualistic, you know, that maybe regular people do. A hundred percent. Like literally just walking the dog. Okay. So that's out in nature. Like today that's grounding is what we call it spirituality, right? Grounding. But when you're outside in nature, it's really important to have that barefoot contact. So when I'm out walking the dog or out walking by myself, I'm always barefoot. And a lot of people will say, oh, aren't your feet cold? Or, you know, like they're like, you forget your shoes at home. Like they question, um, like, why am I barefoot outside? And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm just grounding. I'm connecting into the earth. And they, they don't expect that answer. But it's just giving that knowledge of like, allowing that connection to our earth in Gaia because the science behind it is the electrons get to um, move up through our body. It gets rid of free radicals and that therefore preventing inflammation in our body, um, which stops like all disease, like inflammation is the mm. starting point of all disease. So something as simple as that, just when you're going out walking, make sure you have bare feet, you know, and start with grass, so soft, soft terrain to begin with. I'm a bit like Pocahontas, so I can walk on rocks and stuff now. But <laughs> but that's something that everyone likes to do, like walking along the beach as well, um, barefoot. Um, so, yeah, that's something that's something for everyday life. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love 
being barefoot as well because it's really amazing for your pelvic floor. Like wearing shoes all the time just to get a bit sex nerdy for a second, you know, the shoes that we wear, in particular things like high heels and um, just the kinds of shapes that we're putting our feet in, it's really damaging. It puts a lot of strain on our pelvic floor. And so walking barefoot as much as possible, you know, you're getting the reflexology, you're also strengthening ligaments and tendons and muscles that um, will benefit the tone and strength and articulation of your pelvic floor muscles and therefore have an impact on pleasure and orgasm. So it's all really yeah. related. And I do I do notice people get really weird when they see you walking with no shoes on and um yeah, that makes me a bit sad that we've become so disconnected uh, from something that was so natural and something we would do really regularly. But now I feel like I have to go out of my way to do it. Um, so, yeah, I love being barefoot. And even just things like, um, you know, having a cup of tea each morning while you read your book or, you know, things like that. It's It's not... It doesn't have to be this big thing where you get, you know, all of the potions and the crystals and the fucking glass dildos and period blood and all the things like it can be but you know just as an entry level there's like little little ritualistic things that we can do each day that help us ground help us feel calm and safe in our body and relaxed and um yeah I guess you know put us into a different space so that we can then move from there and like you said um respond rather than react so I love that um can I add with a cup of tea? Because um, in society, everyone, most people drink coffee, right? And I was a coffee of a day drinker. And the biggest transition that I had was replacing my coffee with a cacao or low tea or like I love um, blue lotus tea, whatever your favorite thing is. Like I love the taste of coffee. However, I was finding it was disconnecting me um, to my soul, you know, and it was also um, – it, your nervous system, it just is not in flow. It's got your peaks and then the crashes and cacao is this, a stimulant that opens up your heart, but it's a slow release. So it's like just these little bits of pieces of knowledge so you can still have that um, ritual in the morning, I should say. But, yeah, instead of having coffee, replace it with cacao mm. or tea. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I like to experiment or flirt with little little additional things that I can do to make an activity that I normally do and don't think too much about make it a little bit more intentional or ritualistic so maybe rather than just chucking a tea bag in the cup and whatever I'll I'll make it in a really beautiful pot of tea and for some reason it doesn't taste any different but I feel a little bit extra special and like I've put that extra effort in and that it's more of a ritual and therefore that herbal tea that I've just brewed is like you know must be better for me because I've kind of done this beautiful and you know if you think about the Japanese tea ceremonies and just the the really ritualistic kind of very intentional way they go about that you know it really does like speak to the power um, and beauty that you can find in being more ritualistic about everyday things. So, yeah, it's cool. And um, I feel like in our culture, like we really, I don't know, we lack a lot of reverence and ceremony um, around most things. We don't have a whole lot of, um, I guess, ceremony or tradition or, or things like that. And then, you know, if it, if it comes to something like I'm often thinking about, you know, menstruation and sex and birth and these things that are like my my jam, my topics, mm. we lack so much reverence and ceremony around those because we've just been so 
like divorced from our cultural heritage and we don't have, you know, we don't have a lineage or, we'll, I mean, we're, we're disconnected from any lineage of like ceremony and tradition um, because we're kind of in this Western world and like that's really sad to me. Um, so I was, yeah, wondering like what your thoughts are on that and how you kind of tackle that disconnect from reverence around things like sex and periods and, yeah. Yeah. Well, first, like, I'll start with, like, the birth because I was super scared to have birth, like, my child myself because of, like, all the horror stories. Like, everyone speaks about how bad it is, right, until – my sister got pregnant and she really showed me the way because like I have a personal belief that if you have morning sickness, um, it's your body purging the energetics of like getting you ready um, into motherhood, right? And then when she um, gave birth, it was a beautiful ceremony. Like we were out in the garden, we we're playing crystal balls, we we're guiding her through the breath. And it was just, there was like 10 of us, like it's a village, you know, we we're massaging her, we we're doting on her, like allowing her to loosen up her jaw. So her yoni was open and it was just magical that it got rid of all fears. And it was just like, this is what it should be like coming into the this planet, you know, not with bright white lights of the hospital, like, you know, how it was just, yeah, it was exactly how I would desire it to, to go, you know, just like as a community, coming back to the community. Um, and that was magical. Beautiful. Yeah. And then like more and more people were sharing their, their positive birth stories because more and more people are having home births and like with the, the mm. doulas and the midwives and having it as a community and coming back to those Um, those times, you know, um, where women trust their bodies instead of listening externally for validation from a doctor. If it's not um, dilating a certain amount of time, you know, society brings us to ask the doctor's questions instead of coming back to self. Um, And no one knows our body like ourselves. And that transition from maiden to mother should really be the biggest initiation for ourselves to trust our body and know that it knows what it's doing. Um, Yeah, so I'm super excited for that initiation when it comes for me to share the story as well of the whole journey. Um, But menstruation, like I used to think my period was like gross, you know, because I didn't understand. I was never taught the knowledge of how sacred it is. Like we have monthly cycles of shredding and manifesting and um, the knowledge just was never there, you know, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago um, the first initiation was painting with my blood Um, and my sister actually um, taught me that, you know, and that was – that was beautiful because it's got like code, womb codes in it and just to be able to bring that um, practice into play. Um, and then it went to giving it to the land. And so every every cycle now I collect it in my moon cup and I, from my womb to the earth mother's moon and I just, just say a few words. Like it doesn't have to be anything big. Like I just collect it in a jar and then just give it back to the land um, with the intention. Like intention is everything. So whatever you put out is what you get back. And so mm. that's something that I, I love doing. But, yeah, the knowledge is just not out there. Um, and, like, if I knew about, say, like yoni steaming, 
like when I was a teenager, like that has really helped me to connect into my yoni and my cycle and my womb and to help me form my like leading up to my menstrual um, cycle as well. So it's like all these steps and like yoni steaming, it is a ritual, um, but it's also just a connection to self. You know, again, it's just that word, but it's a space for you to connect into your body, to connect into your emotions, to see what arises for you, a time for you to be in stillness. Um, And yeah, like all these self-care practices that definitely weren't around in school um (laughs) but I've learned along the way and that's definitely um a devotion for myself to create an organization to have these rites of passages from every step in the womanhood journey um from like blessing ways to you know going from um in your first period and to know what what you can do to help that connection to self Mm-hmm. yeah gorgeous mm-hmm. yeah and I want to get more into like specific you know a lot of people wouldn't have heard of blessing ways and I want to get mm-hmm. more into some specific rituals in a little bit but I think maybe if we just start from scratch and we start with like probably the least woo and then we work our way up to like blood magic and sex magic okay. and things like that um that might be a good trajectory so let's talk about I mean like what what categories have we got in terms of rituals like what makes a ritual you know like what are some mm. different instances that we can use them in and stuff hey babe town so sorry to interrupt but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now back to the episode. Cool. So let's just start with morning practices because that was my biggest um, life-changing transfer transformation because that's when I chose to start devoting time to myself um, because we are our own healers and for us to become the embodiment of any practice we need to create spaces for ourselves to really just dive in Um, so for me like a ritual is just opening up a space you know so every time when I wake up in the morning I will connect into um, my soul like literally you can just say, good morning, soul, like connecting in with my soul now, allowing these energetics to come through, connecting into my heart um, and just taking three deep breaths into my heart. 
like our breath is our medicine and breath work has been a big pivotal moment for us and we are all we can all breathe um however a lot of us are shallow breathing so we're breathing in our chest instead of deep belly breaths so Mm -hmm. taking a deep breath in our belly and then our chest and then exhaling with sound as well you know um a sigh is um a great for your body to relax um, so yeah, those two, two different breath works that I do every day. Um, a grounding breath is in through the nose for four, out through the mouth for four and bringing in that sound on the exhale. And then when I want to activate, um, if I want energy, you know, a natural way of gaining energy is circular breathing. So in through the mouth and out through the mouth. And it's only like literally 22 breaths, like a lot of people's, um, <laughs> they say they don't have time. Okay. They're, they say, I don't have time for myself or I've got to do this. They're, they're in the doing frequency instead of the being frequency. And literally 22 breaths literally take like two minutes. Like it's nothing at all just to set up your day. Um, so just getting, getting out of that excuse and then choosing you, you know, choosing yeah. yourself yeah. and breath is just such a great way to do that. Um, it relaxes you, it regulates your nervous system, um, and everyone can do it. You don't need anything to do it. All you need is yourself um, and the space. And it's great to actually teach your kids this as well. Like it's like you don't even need to be by yourself to do it. Um, if you're a parent, like invite your children into these spaces with you mm-hmm. um, and incorporate this and let them know what you're doing. Okay, let's take in some grounding breaths just to – be in this space right now like it's really just about the communication um and the allowance and same with like mm-hmm. I know a few of my friends they meditate with their kids as well um yeah it's yeah just allowing that space mm. Mm, gorgeous so what other morning rituals are you um uh in favor of or what do you enjoy doing in in your morning routine well, like this morning. Um, so, yeah, open up space, connecting to my energies. I'll always have a cacao most days, not every day, because um, intention is everything. So I will always set my intention for today, for the day. Like how do I desire to feel? What do I desire to get out of today? I'll breathe in my intention, hold it in my heart, and then let go of all expectations. Like because really just trusting it to divine, like whatever will be will be, um, and just, yeah, letting it all go grounding um i'll always make sure i go out to nature at least 30 minutes a day um and they're like the three things that i'll do every day just breath meditation set my intention and ground like those three things um and then it will vary depending on how i'm feeling throughout the rest of the day so say if there's something heavy on my heart i'll set aside time to feel my emotions like we need to feel to heal um so that might be in regards to having a few rounds of breath and allow the grief to emerge or the rage um you know having a pillow to scream into if that's what's alive for me um I have baths most days I love baths and like this again can we use use the words ritual, but like who loves bars? And it's literally just (laughs) setting up that space Mm -hmm. for yourself. You can have some incense and some candles and really mm, that yummy space for yourself. 
listening to some music or some quiet time um, and like infrared saunas are amazing for this as well. And so, yeah, I have baths most days just for some quiet time and to relax the muscles um, mm-hmm. and dance. Like I love to dance. So just putting on some music to move my body because um, physical exercise has been a little bit of a block for me. <laughs> um, but dancing is what brings me joy. And again, it's that movement and that's what, um, yeah, that's what brings me that exercise and the fun and the play as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Dance is such a beautiful, oh, it's, it's so beneficial in so many ways, but especially if you set the intention that this, you know, I'm going to dance to one song each morning and this is a devotional practice to my physical body, you know, or to my feminine energy, or, you know, you can kind of make it more ritually just through your intention. And, you know, it's the same with baths. Like I but like making my bath as pimped as possible you know I'm like can I put in there I'll go out in the garden and get some rosemary and lavender and like flowers and just anything I can find and then I'll put oats or essential oils or like salts and I'm just like trying to put as many things in there as possible and I think that there's just this like uh, it's just this um I don't know, urge to just get a little bit witchy sometimes. And maybe it's not for everyone, but I know it's definitely a thing, especially, you know, with with those of us with um, feminine essences, like dominant feminine essences, like we do have that urge to get a bit witchy and to make a potion out of our bath and like anoint our bodies with these things because it's just that, you know, extra little bit of like loving care um, and it's sending this really beautiful message to ourselves and our subconscious and our bodies, like we're worth it. We're worth putting that extra bit of effort in and making it just that little bit extra special, I suppose. So that's kind of how I make everyday things. It's the same as making the pot of tea in a nice pot, you know, chucking extra things in the bath, maybe lighting some candles or something, putting on some nice music. There's just ways that you can kind of, yeah, pimp it out a little bit. Um, so yeah, I love that. Those are all really great suggestions. Um, I'd love to talk about, uh, something that's a little bit more taboo and that's blood rituals and periods and things like that and how we can kind of introduce ritual and reverence to that a little bit and also play and fun. Um, but first I'd love to do this segment, get pregnant and die. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant. And stop. 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 Don't have sex in missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? So I was wondering if you had a story or an anecdote about how your sex education failed you. Maybe, um, you know, just a funny story about a ridiculous sex ed teacher you had or I don't know, something that you would have loved to have learned more about. Basically just anything to do with sex ed. Give us what you got. Ah, okay. Um, I just remember when I first got mucus on my undies. And Mm. we're not taught this in school. I thought there was something wrong with me. Like literally I was like, I was so ashamed and I was scared. I didn't tell anyone. Um, and it was three days that I had this and then I saw my sister's undies and I was like, oh, you have it too? But her response was like, yeah, duh, like all women got it. Like, so she shut me down too. Like why, how, 
why don't you know this? Um, and because we're not taught it in school, um, my mom, she had a car accident, so she hasn't been able to teach me. My sister didn't teach me. <laughs> so it's like, where are we supposed to learn this from? And yeah, yeah the shame around it as well, that, yeah. that courage. So yeah, we've got the menstrual bug, but we also have our mucus and that's su- such an important um, part of our cycles. And I would have loved to have learned like the different consistencies of like, what that means of what part of the cycle we are at and like because that's about knowing our body um and yeah like yeah that's that's the biggest thing that I could mm. add to that. that is such a great example that's like it's su- it, I reckon most people can with a vagina can relate to that because I certainly had no idea what was going on or whether that was normal or to be expected and I think in puberty so many things just come out of the blue that we have no idea um are coming and we have no idea whether they're normal and there's no fucking way I was going to be going and asking someone like a teacher or my parent about you know mucus coming out of my vag like no fucking way so I I had a similar (laughs) I think I remember feeling really weird about it and a bit grossed out and a little bit like worried for quite a while until I was like well this is just kind of happening and nothing bad like bad is you know resulting so maybe it's okay and it just kind of you know faded into it being normal but it was just never spoken about so yeah thank you for that example I love that everyone talk to your kids about vaginal mucus (laughs) 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 oh my god all right well well we're kind of on the right track then to talk about other things that come out of our vag um let's talk periods and menstrual rituals blood magic like you know let's give people an idea about what we mean by blood magic if you haven't heard of it um yeah give us a rundown and then maybe some examples of things that you do or that people could do if they want to start exploring introducing ritual into their relationship with their cycle Mm. so the one thing I love is like our menstrual blood has stem cells like they are rejuvenating and you know, a big pivotal point in my connection to my womb was when I started doing face masks um, with my blood and, like, because it is um, – it's got stem cells in it. So why wouldn't we be using this, like, you know, um, on our beautiful skin? And that, that's a deep devotion to ourselves as well, which I absolutely love. Um, and then – like I use it for manifesting and so giving back to the land. Like I said before, I will go out to Gaia and I will put one hand on my womb and one hand on the earth and just really tuning into what I'm calling in. Like what do I desire um, for this next month? Because we are so lucky that we get to do this monthly. And what I love is that now I love my cycle. I love my menstrual bleed and I can't wait to co-create with her every month and you know but at the beginning I grieved a lot for how I used to feel and you know just just be aware of the emotions that will arise when you start to devote to these practices there is a forgiving of the self 
um, for the, all the times that we haven't, you know, and it's just allow that forgiveness and like we all we have is now and it's one step at a time and we've only got what we have and this knowledge hasn't been around. So it's just like allow the grief to come and then the connection to come, which is a big part of the process of one step at a time. And remember just to do one step at a time, like as well, like it took me a while to want to put blood on my face. And like a lot of my clients, like a big step for them is just to get a a moon cup because blood isn't their thing, you know? And so it's literally just take all these tools and just be like, okay, what's my next step, which will have my connection to self and taking me a little bit outside my comfort zone, but I feel so much better for it. Um, So yeah, just connecting into Gaia is a big, big part of it for me. Um, painting with it, like I said before, like you can literally do like codes. Um, so yeah, whatever comes through, like I painted my Yoni, like on a portrait and then I added my womb cones onto it as well. And so now it's a part of my altar. Um, like, uh, beautiful Yoni is our life force energy. Our womb is our creation space. So every time I sit in ceremony with myself, I'm like, mm, connecting into my womb, what, what creation is going to come through for me now and really just holding in that space. Um, but yeah, like the monthly thing is literally just connecting in with Gaia for me. Um, and my face mask, they're the two things that I'll do every month. Sometimes I'll paint, but that's not every month. Mm, mm. I've got a friend who I sort of, um, I've known her for years. We trained in yoni mapping therapy together and used to run workshops together and things. And she um, puts her moon cup blood in a glass of water on her altar, I think Mm. from the first day. And then on the last day of her bleed, I think she even has a little sip of some of it, which kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh, how much bacteria has been able to harbor in that? Well, it's sitting there. But anyway, like she never got sick. Um, And yeah, like often, you know, sometimes I'll just like put a little dab of it on my, um, you know, like in between my eyebrows on my forehead, you know, get my third Mm -hmm. eye nice and charged up. I'm like, I don't feel anything from any of this. I'm not super sensitive energetically. I'm not one of those, like I wish I was, but I'm not one of those people that can go and, you know, place their hands on the earth and just feel like this, this connection or this energy flowing up through me. Like that's not, a thing for me at this point at least so I can really relate to people that are listening to this being like what the fuck's a womb code what's Gaia you know like but oh, I, I yeah. do enjoy <laughs> the like I enjoy doing it anyway because I'm like well it ca- definitely can't hurt and it's something that's quite intentional it's 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 going about it with reverence it's you know something about it self-loving and just this little bit of um wild woman which I enjoy and I think we're just so over Uh, domesticated now that it's like horrifying to most people the thought of putting blood on their face or you know I I like to go sometimes and sit on the earth sit in some grass and bleed directly onto the earth and something about that feels really beautiful and like wild you know as well and um you know the face mask thing definitely I've talked on this podcast before about doing that with um with semen as well and sometimes semen and blood mixed together um and you know there's spermidine which is this this compound that's in sperm that's now being marketed as like the number one like skincare regenerative anti-aging fucking elixir of youth 
um, that you can buy for crazy <laughs> amounts of money that they're manufacturing. You can just get it in jizz. Literally. So, yeah, just slap some of that on your face, get the stem cells from the blood. Like, that's mm. great. Um, yeah, there's just so many different things that you can do, like put it, put the blood on, on your pot plants and things and mm. like you were saying. and Yeah, I think it's really cool to start interacting with it more, even if you don't necessarily feel – you know, the energetic connection or feel recharged by it or feel anything tangible, I think the action of doing it is really special and beautiful. And also it just it just like kind of um, takes the period and takes blood and takes, you know, our vaginas and this part of womanhood that's been so vilified and shamed and, you know, we've been trained to feel is like repulsive and, you know, yucky and, you know, it's like interacting with it so much that it sort of just bit by bit dismantles that shame and really like disempowers the the stigma so that it doesn't affect us as much. And I think like just even if it grosses you out a bit at first, if you can, just trying to interact with your period blood in whatever way a little bit more can be really cool for releasing shame and getting over that revulsion of that part of our body and our blood because otherwise we're just pretty much like – trying to avoid having to touch it or interact with it or even look at it as much as possible and ignore the fact that we've even got a period and a vagina that bleeds. And yeah, I think there's something really sad about that, how normalized that approach has become when it, when it comes to periods. So I'm all about the blood rituals, baby. (laughs) Yes. And like a big healing thing in my relationship is when I'm, we made love on my bleed and like, yeah, he anointed himself as well, like on the third eye. And, mm-hmm. um, that was big healing in itself because like, uh, I caught kind of shame when I had my bleed. It's like, oh no, we can't make love and whatnot. Um, in past conditioning. Um, however, it's super potent to make love during that time and for him to make me feel so safe as well. And to, it was super turn on, um, because I get really horny on my bleed. And so it was just beautiful to have that space to co-create that magic and for him to anoint himself as well. Um, that was super powerful. So men, like you can honor your woman during this time as well, um, and be a part of the magic. Um, so yeah. And like, yeah, I've, I've, use my blood for naturopath as well. Um, but after I've yoni steamed for like three months to clear out any energetics. Um, and also like after the few times of yoni steaming, there was a few blood clots as well, clearing out of, uh, of the womb space. And so once I felt like it was, um, clear, like, so after a few months, then yeah, I was just using my fresh, fresh from the yoni straight to my mouth, like a few drops. And yeah, that was super, connection as well um to receive it that way yeah totally yeah awesome um i did an episode on yoni steaming with laura elizabeth actually who you probably know um so yeah if anyone's interested in yoni steaming definitely check that one out that was fun um so cool like what about what about sex what about love making rituals because you sort of touched on that and like period sex can be so potent and powerful and so healing and um I've definitely talked about that a lot on this podcast and so many men are really into it as well so you know there's nothing to be worried about or ashamed of but um yeah what about what about some love making rituals or rituals you can do with a partner or a lover 
Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab, and the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favor with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't mazz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison, or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review, though, just be sure to only use G-rated words, because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh my God, I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. Mm, I love this because I was um, super resistant in this space um, until I started opening up my heart, right? So it all starts with your own self-love and devotion to self and then you can bring it into your relationship. And so from that space, we set up ceremony, like, you know, create the space again with the incense or the Palo Santo, the candles, and then it starts with like eye-gazing and, um, and just really being in each other's presence and just seeing what emotions come up and then any words of affirmation as well. Like we can take turns of just saying some really beautiful things to one another and really allowing them to land in our our heart. Um, Because even though we're in a relationship, sometimes it's really hard to receive this love like we need to be open to giving and receiving love. So creating this space um, to really feel each other's presence and really allow the words to land is really healing in itself. Um, And then like, yeah, we'll set our intention for like the beautiful ceremony that we're about to embark on, you know, like, and you can use this for sex magic for manifestation. Like it can be, whatever your heart's desires dream big like sex magic when we set intention is super powerful and this surrendering it all um bringing in that pleasure to the manifestation um and then it's all about worshiping of the body so it's like we will massage each other like sam my partner he will always massage me um for a big point of our relationship i didn't want to give back to him because of my past conditioning. I was like, no, like I want to receive because of past, um, like when I've had sex with other people, I've been felt like I've been taken advantage of or not respected. So all of a sudden when I'm in a safe relationship, I just want to receive. Um, 
And now it's a beautiful giving and receiving, but it's taken time for me to feel safe around the masculine again. Um, and so I desired to be worshipped and he was beautiful and having that space um, to make my body like to open up my yoni. You know, it takes a lot of time for women to get uh, like a rat. Well, for me, it takes me a lot to get aroused and to be in the space. Um, and massage definitely turns me on. And then now we're at that communications phase of he will ask me, like, is your yoni ready for, like, can I enter your yoni? And I've learned that from when I first got my yoni massage, you know, like yoni mapping, what you give. Like they ask, is your body, like, is your yoni welcoming me? And that is such a big big part of any sexual encounters because it first of all it it allows us to speak our truth and our yoni is connected to our throat so if she's saying no then voice it and be like no I feel complete for today and that is super empowering in itself and so but if she's saying yes it's like yes but I've given you that permission you haven't just decided it's okay because no one knows our body besides ourselves and then just bringing in that beautiful, yeah, sensual touch. And then when we're actually in that penetration, we're breathing together. We're, we're doing that breath because I, I've always been a lot in my mind as well about the finishing of the orgasm. Um, and the breath allows you to be in the present moment and literally just allowing the journey to unfold. And the orgasm is almost like the entire practice you know because you're in ecstasy you're in pleasure it's not about that finishing product it's literally about the the now and I have released so many emotions during making love because um anytime that there there might have been pain I would be like oh there's something there and I've raged in um a session before I've like screamed my head off and he just hold me there obviously you need to be able to have let your partner know like if he can hold that space because that could be a bit too much for some men um so but my partner's in the personal development work too so he could just hold me there while I rage and then underneath the rage was grief and it was just so healing and then it went to pleasure um but to be able to feel your emotions as they arise and we have a lot of sexual trauma if it's not this lifetime then it's definitely our ancestors it's all within our cellular memory and making love can be a massive healing practice if you allow it to be um and then it's just beautiful the higher levels of pleasure and bliss that you can achieve from when you surrender and you feel so yeah yeah, preach. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's, that's yeah. all my my philosophy as well. Um, so what about solo pleasuring? Like if you're single, how can we make our self-pleasuring uh, practice a little bit more reverent or ritualistic? Because that's something that I am often sort of chatting with clients about as well. Like it starts with you. It starts with your relationship with yourself and your body and your sexuality. So what are some suggestions that you have or what do you do in your solo pleasure routine? Mm. Well, for me, I like mirror play. Um, So to be able to see myself and like it might not even be just like with your yoni, it might just be starting off with eye gazing and then bringing in some sensual touch 
to make sure you feel safe within your body, um, to bring in that breast massage and just to like bring in that pleasure and taking your time with your body, you know, um, our, our breasts are an extension of our heart. So how much more love can we open to receive? And yeah, it all starts with ourselves. Um, and then bringing it to to our yoni and, you know, just taking time, but actually like looking at yourself, like this was a big pivotal moment for myself is like turning yourself on and like being like, you are just divine. You are beautiful. And like giving yourself these words of affirmation, um, a beautiful practice. I get, I get a rose and I, I like, um, the feeling of the petals on my yoni and just like the sensual touch, you know, on my breasts and things like that. And it's not necessarily about the penetration as well. Like you can have pleasure in so many other ways until, yeah, until your, your, your yoni is like, mm, I'm ready now. <laughs> You know, um, it's not about just flicking the bean. It's about bringing in those those sensual touches and making her ready and opening up like a beautiful flower. And this is still something that I'm um, exploring with more self pleasure in different ways. Um, so yeah, but that's that's definitely where I've started. Yeah, beautiful. Ah, oh, I know there's just so many nice ways that we can add just that little bit of extra intention into things and you know sometimes I'll um I'll chat with clients about you know self-pleasuring rather than masturbating it's just that tiny reframe and we'll talk about how we can make a self-pleasure ritual out of it rather than just that wham bam thank you ma'am flicking the bean blah 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 um you know maybe having a beautiful bath beforehand or doing some yoga or having a dance or meditate or some breath work and then maybe moving into the breast massage and just kind of really gently and easefully um, moving towards genital touch last so that we're honoring the whole body. We're really, um, allowing time for our, you know, our arousal processes to cascade and for things to start to build in their own time. And even if nothing happens and it doesn't turn into, you know, anything penetrative or even genital focused, we've still done all of this beautiful ritualistic honoring, you know, self-worshipping stuff, which is, also beautiful and beneficial and also sends the subconscious the message that you know you're loved you're worth it you deserve this you know it's a very self-loving message to be sending to actually spend time and energy on ourselves no matter what that is you know we often don't give ourselves the time to even do that you know 22 breaths like you were talking about in the morning can feel like you get through five of them and you're like no I don't have time for this I need to get up and get on with my day how is this possibly going to help but if you actually did sit and get through the 22, like there's no doubt that you will feel grounded, more calm, more connected and grateful to yourself that you did that. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, and I want to, I want to also, I guess, like change the focus and chat about how we can do, um, rituals that aren't even kind of like sex focused or, or whatever, but more something you could do like, as a family or in the home, like with, you know, which you touched upon things you can do with your kids. Um, but just quickly first, I'd love to do the segment TMI. We love it. So do you have a TMI story for us? <laughs> TMI, we build it. TMI, 
Too much inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. Okay. So when I was single, um, I liked to sleep around, and like I saw that as my adventure. And like I would always go to their house because then I could leave in the morning, um, and I'd keep a little black book. And you know, I got up to seventy three men. You know, and. For me, I was I was proud of all those moments, but now looking back, I'm like, oh, I was looking for external validation. I was looking outside of myself for um, that love instead of giving it to myself. And, you know, I love the adventure and, like, that's why I would write, like, what I did that night where I where ended up being and things like that. Um, but, like, I would love the next morning because it was in London, so... <laughs> And like the, it's not a walk of shame, but yeah, you're, <laughs> I go on the tube and it's from the night before and like, you know, no one knows that I know and I'm just smiling to myself because I'm, I, it was fun. Like I would always do it with the intention of wanting to and desiring to. And that's, that's why, um, yeah, it was, it was fun for so long until I was like, mm, it's not filling, it's not filling that void. Like why, why am I? wanting just that one night stand and not like a committed relationship and it was because I was scared I was scared to actually meet myself in that love and I wasn't giving myself that love that I truly desired um and that's why my frequency wasn't inviting that in either Mm. but yeah 73 that's too much information but it's yeah I'm proud of it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I love that I'm probably kind of similar I used to keep a journal and write all about my escapades and my sexcapades and I found it something that I was yeah I guess proud of or like found really fun and empowering for like quite a while there um it was a little bit of that like gross sort of like culture of, you know, another notch on the belt or another trophy or like, yeah. you know, you're like a little bit of that for sure. I think I was yeah. trying to play it. It's just like I wanted to be the man. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, super interesting because I can definitely relate to that. That was kind of, yeah, where I came from with all of that as well. Um, <laughs> um, High five, sister. That. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're right it definitely it definitely wasn't fulfilling me and in a lot of ways and so much of it was to get that external validation um so can yeah can relate but all right let's chat about things that you know aren't sex related that are still nice little rituals you can bring in and maybe you know bring into the home if you've got a family kids share house you know something like that I mean, for me growing up, we played games and like mm. people wouldn't see this as a ritual, but it's literally, it's that space of the presence of the adults and the children. And it's that beautiful environment of games and would love card games and, you know, like we'd play Rummy or Uno and it's just that fun family environment. Like rituals doesn't have to be all serious all the time. Like play is such a big value of mine and it's such a beautiful frequency to bring in. Um, and like, yeah, all, all it desires is that, that presence of being one another, sharing conversation, having that joy. Um, and I feel like 
if you can gift that to, to the children and be in that same environment, like, oh, I honor those games with my parents so much. Like, I felt like that was our quality time. Um, also, like, reading reading before going to bed, um, mm. having that space. My dad, would I would call it a rub back. I'd ask for a rub back. Sometimes I'd get a back massage and then, you know, reading and like I really cherished that time before falling asleep because that was our, our, our time and like evening rituals are a big part of, it can be a big part of our lives as well. Like for me, like it's just like reading, it's journaling. Um, so as a family, just bringing that to the kids and let's wind down time, you know, um, and having that space together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We used to do a fair bit of, um, like massaging and little back rubs and things like that in our family too. And I have always read before I went to bed. Like when I couldn't read, my mum would read us, um, you know, books. And then when Harry Potter came out, like she'd read a chapter each night or something. And and then I was an avid reader, like just my dad would confiscate my books and hide them because he'd often bust me like reading until 2am or something. And then I'd be so tired for school and I just couldn't put it down. And so like even now I read, you know, usually 5, 10, 15 minutes before bed. Um, and that is pretty much the most reliable way that I can wind down and, and get to sleep. And if I don't have a book, unless I'm absolutely exhausted and, you know, there's not a whole lot on my mind or a lot that I'm ticking about, um, I really struggle to fall asleep at night without doing my little bedtime ritual of like reading the book. And, you know, I'll have my blue blockers on a couple of hours before I go to bed and I might do some yin to some um, nice music or whatever. A lot of the time I'm just watching Netflix, but, um, you know, I will always still have that little window where I read my book in bed. Um, and I've been trying to get my partner into it too, you know, just because it's such a valuable thing to do. And also so many people have books that they want to read and they never find time. And I'm like, what do you mean? Just every night before bed, a few pages, you will eventually get through it. Like that's, you just chip away and it helps me just wind down. I start, my eyelids start drooping. Um, it's so great. And yeah, I, I, um, we also have this, uh, running joke we have like a book that we write ideas in because we often will get my partner and I will often get ideas of things that we want to do when we have kids as a family and like things we want to remember to like try to you know integrate into our family experience and something that we do now that we're definitely going to do with our kids is we moon the moon um, on a full moon, we go out there and we just drop our jacks and we moon the moon. We smack our bums. <laughs> we just like think about what we want to, you know, we set an intention and we think about what we want to create. And, um, and it's like a two minute thing, you know, there's nothing too crazy. It's, it's almost a bit irreverent in its reverence, you know, like, <laughs> which is the best, like the playfulness and not yes. taking it all too seriously. I think that's important because that can be kind of, I get a bit, um, a bit sort of off put by some of the really, you know, that super woke spirit community stuff when it's all just a bit too serious for me. And I almost want to just, yeah, have a laugh at the back of the classroom and be a bit cheeky or something. So yeah, you can actually just do rituals that are like made up that you made up and you can, that can be what your family does. And we've got heaps of different ideas of things we want to do with the kids that, you know, they would they would count as rituals. Like, you know, playing games is so beautiful. It's such good quality time. Um, we played a lot of Uno as well and 
that was, you know, that was a nice thing to do in your PJs after dinner before bed and, yeah, totally relate to that. It's so nice. Um, all right. Well, I think we got to wrap up now because of time, but I'm wondering if you have any um, like last pieces of advice or something you want to leave the listeners with just to help them kind of feel inspired, um, yeah, to kind of bring a bit more ritual into their own lives. Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned, And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. Mm. I just want to let them know that you don't have to do it alone. Like there's so many tools out there and if you need accountability, like there's so many mentors and guides and people that can help you get to where you want to be. And we're all here to walk each other home. And I had accountability at the very like I always have a mentor um, because I am devoted to my evolution and my growth and devotion to self. But at the start, I needed someone to remind me, you know, like that accountability because we find it really easy to do things for someone else. Mm. And if someone is telling us to do it, oh, yeah, I'll do it and just check that off the list. But when we're the only ones making ourselves accountable, sometimes it is a little bit hard to get into that um, the devotion and actually choosing yourself. So it's okay and there is so many people out there to help us on this journey um, and one step at a time. Just break it down one step at a time. What's one thing that I can do today for my devotion to self, you know, and that is literally a ritual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, love that. All right, amazing. Well, do you have any offerings coming up at the moment or any um I can't remember if there was a cheeky discount you were gonna offer listeners about something I actually should have checked in my um in the email beforehand. But yeah, anything you wanna kind of um plug before we jump off? Yeah, of course. So I'll have a link to um a free meditation for a yoni steam so if you're wanting to try yoni steaming for the first time then it's beautiful practice to be guided through it in your own space um and to create that beautiful space and that self-care practice i'm offering also offering um 10 percent off fara tonga ora which is a traditional um womb massage it's a maori womb massage um, which is a great practice to be held in. It's using a raki stick. And so 
We're pushing trigger points on the upper buttock and the pelvic line and each trigger point represents something else like childhood trauma or parental programming or scarcity. Um, And it's like a two-hour breathwork session because you are staying connected to your breath and I'm guiding you through. And when I'm pressing each trigger point, it allows you to feel your emotions through the exhale. Um, and because we're feeling suppressed emotions, a lot of my clients, they feel a lot of rage and then underneath the rage is grief. Um, mm. So I just wanted to offer that. So if you're wanting to be held in the space, um, then that's that's for you. I am based in Perth um, for anyone that's listening in Perth. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. I'll pop all of those links to Yanni's offerings in the show notes uh, and in the Labia Lounge Facebook group. So that's been, yeah, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, beautiful. It's been so great chatting. Thank you. I've loved it. See you later, everyone. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.